Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a quick and dirty tip about deep-seated versus deep-seated, a meaty middle about words we use that come from Japanese, and a tidbit about language rock star Lewis Carroll. You know him as the author of Through the Looking Glass, but he also loved to invent new words. Twitter user used to be me asked, is it deep-seated or deep-seeded? Although it's spring and you may be thinking about your garden, the correct phrase is deep-seated. Seat can mean a location, as in the county seat, or a body part that's the center of some emotion or function. For this definition, Dictionary.com and the American Heritage Dictionary both use this example sentence. The heart is the seat of passion. We don't often use the word seat that way anymore, so it's easy to see why people get confused about deep-seated. When you're thinking about something deeply felt or buried, it's not far-fetched to think of a seed buried in dirt. Nevertheless, deep-seated is the right choice. The Oxford English Dictionary defines deep-seated as having its seat far beneath the surface. Instead of a seed buried in the dirt, think of a big, deep seat buried in your backyard Maybe even a throne like the one from Game of Thrones. Now that's a memorable image. And that was your quick and dirty tip. The correct phrase is deep-seated with a T. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, 
you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. And now on to our meaty middle by Bonnie Tranga Mills about loan words in Japanese and English. You've probably heard of Japanese-based words like kamikaze and tsunami. On the other hand, you may be surprised by some of the English words that come from Japanese and by some of the foreign-based words common in Japanese. At first, it might seem difficult to come up with one English sentence that uses several Japanese nouns. However, you're likely to know more Japanese than you think. If you think about the culture of Japan, raw fish, karate chops, and geisha who wear kimono probably come to mind. It wouldn't be hard to write a Japanese-filled sentence just about food. She enjoyed some miso soup, followed by some sushi and sake. Are you hungry yet? If you're not familiar with Japanese cuisine, here's a quick tutorial on the three Japanese words in that sentence. Miso is a salty paste, and sake is an alcoholic beverage made from rice. The word sushi, contrary to popular belief, instead, according to an article on Snopes, the word refers to the vinegared rice that can, but need not, be paired with raw seafood. If foreign food isn't your thing, maybe you're more familiar with karate, judo, or ninjas. The word karate was first used in English in 1947. Kara, K-A-R-A, means empty, and te means hand, and so karate translates as empty hands. When you study karate, judo, or jujitsu, three examples of Japanese martial arts, you'll meet a sensei, a teacher, in the dojo, a martial arts studio. A ninja might be a good Halloween costume, but a real one practices ninjutsu, the traditional Japanese art of stealth, camouflage, and sabotage. The word ninja comes from the word nin, which means to endure, and ja, a combining form of sha, which means person. Of course you've heard of a kimono, a silk garment worn by women, and if you do crosswords, you'll be familiar with the answer to the clue Japanese sash, obi. A kimono can be astronomically expensive. For example, back in 1993, when the crown prince got married, his princess wore a 12-layered kimono that reportedly weighed 30 pounds and cost more than $300,000. Thank goodness regular ladies don't need to spend that much. Speaking of ladies, let's clear up something about geisha ladies. Geisha literally means arts person. 
Geisha were and are licensed and engage in artful tasks such as playing instruments, dancing, and calligraphy. They aren't necessarily ladies of the night. After all this food, self-defense, and expensive entertaining, you've earned a rest on your futon, a traditional Japanese mattress. A Japanese person might not recognize a futon in the West, however. Futons in the States come with bed frames, but these aren't used in Japan. A futon is folded up and stored during the day, since space can be tight in Japanese homes. Now, let's move on to some English words you might not know come from Japanese. First, we can play Sudoku or Kenken. Both games involve numbers. In Sudoku, the goal is to put the numbers 1 through 9 once in each line across, once in each line down, and once in each box. The word Sudoku, which first appeared in Japan in 1984, is short for a Japanese expression that means the digits are limited to one occurrence. Kenken works on the same principle as Sudoku, in that only one of the same number can appear in one line or box, but it involves addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Ken means wisdom in Japanese, and so perhaps you need a double dose of wisdom to solve a Kenken puzzle, or maybe just some practice, and I'll link to a Math Dude article about Kenken on quickanddirtytips.com. But now let's discuss some other English words that come from Japanese. First is rickshaw, an old-styled vehicle pulled by a person. Our English word originated with the Japanese word jinrikisha, which generally means person-strength vehicle. Next is tycoon, which comes from the Japanese tycoon, which is spelled a different way, and which translates as great prince. Then there's honcho, as in head honcho. Honcho started its life as the Japanese word honcho, spelled with an A, which literally means group leader. The word came to the U.S. with the servicemen who'd been stationed in Japan during the occupation following World War II. Before moving on to foreign words used in Japanese, we're going to cover one more Japanese word that we use in English. It's a hybrid of some Japanese and a shortened word borrowed from English. Maybe you've tried it. Yes, it's that very embarrassing concept of karaoke, pronounced in Japanese as karaoke. Remember how the kara and karate means empty? Same meaning here. The second part of the word, oke, oki, is short for the borrowed English word orchestra. And so karaoke literally means empty orchestra. Neat, huh? Japanese has borrowed many words from other languages, especially Chinese and English. Words of non-Chinese origin are written with the script called katakana and are pronounced with 48 basic Japanese syllables. For example, words such as bed and door are used in Japanese, but they're written in katakana and are pronounced beido and doa, respectively. Western beds and doors are actually foreign concepts. Japanese mattresses are futons, as we've already discussed, and traditional room separators are sliding paper and wood screens, called shoji. The word ramen, while common in English these days and incidentally very yummy, actually originates from the Chinese for pole noodle. Another food you'll find in Japan is Western-style bread, called pan, after the Spanish word that means bread. 
Are you going to Japan and looking for a casual part-time job? You'll be searching for an Arbeit job, pronounced Arubaito, after the German word Arbeit, which means employment or work. Many loanwords in Japanese are shortened versions of English words, as we saw with karaoke and the shortening of the word orchestra at the end of it. Common examples are supa, supermarket, dipaato, department store, and waapuro, word processor. One more word before we go. Pokemon! The name of this popular kids' game is a shortened version of Pocket Monsters, pronounced in katakana as Pokito Monsuta. Well, this episode was a bit of a tongue workout, and I hope I got everything right. I'll close with an easy-to-pronounce phrase that young Japanese might say to each other. Bye-bye! That segment was written by Bonnie Trangham Mills, author of The Curious Case of the Misplaced Modifier, who blogs at sententsleuth.blogspot.com. And any mispronunciations are my own fault, not hers. And now, Lewis Carroll. He was not only the author of Alice in Wonderland and other linguistically interesting books, but he was also a working mathematics professor at Christchurch College at Oxford, under his real name, Charles Dodgson. In the dramatic comedy Euclid and His Modern Rivals, one is said to be able to experience both Lewis Carroll the author and Charles Dodgson, the mathematician, because he employs literary techniques to make the argument that modern mathematics of his day are no better than Euclid. The story is set in hell, where a mathematician named Minos has a discourse with a devil's advocate named Professor Niemand. And the play is old enough that it's available free online from a variety of sources, so I'll put a link in the transcript of this article at quickanddirtytips.com. In Carroll's non-mathematical writings, you'll find a number of inventive words and commentaries on language. One of my favorite parts of Through the Looking Glass is the following section in which Carroll was likely the first person to use the word pretend to mean children playing make-believe. I also like it because Alice is having a usage argument with her sister Kitty about singulars and plurals. Here's how it goes. Kitty, dear, let's pretend. And here, I wish I could tell you half the things Alice used to say, beginning with her favorite phrase, let's pretend. She had had a long argument with her sister only the day before, all because Alice had begun with, let's pretend we're kings and queens. And her sister, who liked being very exact, had argued that they couldn't, because there were only two of them. And Alice had been reduced at last to say, well, you can be one of them and I'll be all the rest. Kitty clearly doesn't understand the concept behind pretend. Alice also doesn't hesitate to create new forms of words. Although she should have said things were becoming more curious, she's of course known for saying things were becoming curiouser and curiouser. Besides assigning new meanings to words and making words take new forms, Carol also liked to invent words. Jabberwocky, for example, is a nonsense poem that first appeared in Through the Looking Glass. That it's a nonsense poem means that it contains a lot of made-up words, such as mimsy and galumphing. And yet, even though many of the words are nonsense, the writing is still grammatical. Here are the first four lines, so you can see what I mean. "'Twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves and the mom wraths outgrabe. 
In the book, Humpty Dumpty explains what some of the words mean. For example, he says, Brillig means four o'clock in the afternoon, the time when you begin broiling things for dinner. And slithy means lithe and slimy. Lithe is the same as active. And then Humpty Dumpty goes on to explain how these words were made by blending other words together. And his explanation created the name that we often use today to describe this kind of word, a portmanteau word. Humpty Dumpty invokes the name for a suitcase with two parts. He says, You see, it's like a portmanteau. There are two meanings packed up into one word. Humpty Dumpty also opines on the temperament of parts of speech. He says, They've a temper, some of them, particularly verbs. They're the proudest. Adjectives you can do anything with, but not verbs. However, I can manage the whole lot. Carol also wrote the nonsense poem, The Hunting of the Snark, which uses nonsense words and contains other linguistic whimsy. For example, all the members of the crew have names that begin with the letter B. We mostly remember Lewis Carroll as a wonderful storyteller, but he loved to play with language, too. And that was today's tidbit about language rock star Lewis Carroll. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find hundreds of other Grammar Girl articles and podcasts at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salute to the perfect day. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.